Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Letters 2 podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm here with... I'm Mark. (laughs) Welcome to another week, everyone. We have some exciting topics in store for you today. Well, somewhat exciting. Um, But I do want to acknowledge, you know, at the time of this recording... Today marks 22 years since the terrorist attacks of 9-11. Marcus, do you remember what, do you remember much about that day? Yes, I do. I was in um, kindergarten, actually, and I do remember them ushering us all to the gym, and it had like a TV in the gym room playing like the events on the news in real time Mm -hmm. while parents were coming to pick up their kids because- at that point, all we knew is all we for all we knew, they were going to hit all the major cities mm-hmm. in America and hit all like the big major buildings. And Chicago is a major city in America. Yeah. And we thought the Sears Tower, the Willis Tower, if you ain't really from here. Right. Um, <laughs> we thought yeah. that was going to be a target. So everyone was freaking out. Yeah. They evacuated all of downtown. Yep. And at the time, I went to school downtown. So it was yeah. like... It was scary. Yeah. I was a little older. I was in the fifth grade. And I remember, I feel like the school that I was going to at the time wanted to try and make that day as normal as possible, despite everything that was happening around us. So they didn't have us sitting assembled anywhere watching coverage from, at least my classroom wasn't, uh, watching coverage news coverage of the of the attacks but when i got home from school that day my god it was on every channel and it was really it was just really sad i didn't know what was happening i was you know i i, I wasn't aware of the gravity of everything that was happening and i just you know i think i look back now i hear stories i've watched documentaries and it's really tragic what happened that day. It very it really is. And I tend to watch like new documentaries every year about it. Cause it's just like like for people who of our generation, we know where we were when it happened. But we also know like what the world was like. What are we yeah, what the world was like pre 9-11. Because right. Gen Z and the kids now understand that Literally, 9-11 changed how the entire world works. Yep. It changed the airport system. It changed mm-hmm. war. It changed our friendships and our animosity with certain countries. Yeah, like It literally affected, yes, America was affected. The people in New York were, were affected the most. People who lost loved ones were affected the most. But it had repercussions across the world, on the economy, on entertainment, on people's sensitivities. Like, yep, yep, yep. It's like the entire world changed over the course of literally those two or three hours that people don't know that that all took place within like three, three hours tops. Like it didn't, like the events itself didn't last that long. Mm -mm. But those three hours changed the entire world. The, for better or for worse. Yeah, the actual event happening, the actual attacks were sh- were were very brief, but the aftermath and 
just people. I think I think about all of the stories I've heard of people evacuating the buildings in New York and the Pentagon, and then people trying to evacuate the entire city. Those you know the areas surrounding the buildings, mm-hmm. and you hear about bigger cities like Chicago, what you know they were doing to try to reduce the risks of a terrorist attack happening here or, you know, the devastation of a terrorist attack happening here, we're, you know, evacuating the entire downtown area. Um, and one last, po- one last point on this to, to really hone in for the younger listeners, how different the world is because of nine 11 pre nine 11, you didn't need, there was no, there was no, we really didn't have TSA. But you could also, you didn't actually need to have a ticket in order to pass over to where the airport was, I mean, to where the planes were. Like, people used to actually, they used to meet their family at the gate. No ticket, no nothing. Like, you could just walk up to the gate without a pat, without a ticket. People were buying, you could walk it all the way up to the gate to buy a ticket. You could buy the ticket at the airport at the gate that day. Yep, yep, yep. But everything's different now. Security was much more lax back then. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on Twitter at Letters2Media and on Instagram at Letters underscore podcast. But what else do you got for us today? Well, let's see. Did you hear about the... Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona um, that had to turn no. around because of passenger experience. Oh, I I saw yeah. a glimpse of that, but I didn't really delve into it. Yeah, so apparently, I think this was on Friday, there was a flight from Atlanta to Barcelona, and two hours into the flight, a passenger had been experiencing explosive diarrhea, and oh it was getting everywhere. Like it was all on the floor, on the aisle, going up and down the aisle. People were trying to mask the smell with, I think, disinfectant and vanilla, vanilla scented, you know, air freshener. So that only made things worse because now it smelled like vanilla. It's like a mix that you don't really want at all. So they had the, the, the pilot had to turn the plane around back to, uh, and I think it was like two hours into the flights and it was an eight hour flight. So, um, everyone was delayed. The passenger was subject to some ridicule and backlash on the internet, but surprisingly, a lot of people came to their defense because, because it's the situation itself, you know, how would you feel if you were in that person's, in that passenger's position? You know, that's like the biggest fear I have is being on an airplane or, or a road trip or a train and I'm experienced. I'm experiencing explosive. I tend not to eat. Me either. Um, like lean. Like I might eat a couple hours before, but like when I know it's close to me being on a plane, I don't eat. I also yeah. don't eat or drink coffee at the airport. That's at, especially if I don't have a long flight. It's not happening for me. I don't even use the bathroom on the plane. From Chicago to LA is six hours. When I tell you I don't move from my seat, I do not pee. Nothing. Six hours to get from Chicago to it. What what airline is you? Los Angeles is six hours. It's it's four hours. It shouldn't take that long. I was gonna say maybe four hours. It's like four hours. I mean, but I also be accounting for the um 
the time change. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And then it takes you like a lot. You have to get to the airport early, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very stressful. I, yeah. I tend to try to avoid the I tend to avoid the restrooms on the airplanes as well, but if you have to go I, mean, I don't mind them, you know, little extracurricular activity, but like to use you know, the bathroom. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. We're not <laughs> Ministry Podcast is now launched our very own merch store. We have teas, hoodies, and cups, and so much more. Check out our merch store. Link will be in the description below. Thank you, guys. I sent the clip to you earlier. I saw it. No, a screenshot about Abby Lee Miller saying that she likes high school football players. Yep. So in an interview with Sophia Franklin, um, Abby Lee Miller admitted that she is attracted to high school age male football players. And what's wild about that story is it clearly made the host, uh, I think Sophie is her name, uncomfortable. And she kind of tried to give Abby a chance to redeem herself by and move on from the comment by saying, well, you know, I like the coaches. And then Abby doubled down on her statement and said, well, I like the ones who've never been who, uh, who who are still in high school, not the ones who are out of high school. And I was just like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Now, doesn't she work with children? She works with little girls, yeah. not not little boys. Little boys. Actually, I don't, I don't even know if she works with the little girls anymore since she's been like, since she did time or whatever, since she was convicted. But I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I never really kept up. I have not. I never really... I never really kept up with, Ab- with Abby Miller. I never really watched Dan's Moms. I know that's what JoJo, JoJo Siwa, Siwa, Siwa comes from. So I, I'm not really right. And Honey Boo Boo, I believe. I believe Honey Boo Boo's also in that same. But I never really, really paid attention. Mm, I'm good. But that's an, but it may it makes me mad, and it also leads to our our, our main topic. But like. It's okay for this this cisgender white woman to say that she's attracted to underage teenage boys, mm-hmm. but trans people and queer people are the problem in America in the world, and we're the and we're the ones who are indoctrinating and grooming children and grooming children. But this adult woman, cisgender white woman, open who. That. openly admits that she's attracted to teenage boys. Let that sink in, y'all. Like I said, it leads into our main topic of the of this episode. Um, we want to talk about all the anti-LGBTQ plus legislation that's been passed since the last time we were on back in February. Like so much has has happened. Like the the, the don't say gay bill and and the the, the attacks on all the the drag queens in Florida, and it's yeah. just right. So it's been going crazy since I want to say 2020. Over 500 laws have been introduced in various state legislatures targeting LGBTQ LGBTQ people. Um, if you log onto the ACLU website, you can see a map of the the country, and it'll list all of the laws by state and their current status. Some have been some have been defeated. And some have actually been passed, um, but 220 of those bi- bills 
specifically target trans and non-binary people. And these laws target various aspects of life, um, from hindering LGBTQ people from updating their gender info on IDs and other records, to violating civil rights, you know, refusing services or fair treatment to LGBTQ plus people. Um, there, have, there are some that violate free speech, you know, restricting LGBTQ plus people from expressing themselves freely. Um, that can come in the form of, you know, drag shows, banning the drag shows. I think Tennessee passed a law a couple months ago doing that. Um, and then healthcare. Let's talk about how trans youth who are very vulnerable are being subjected to laws that are preventing them from being able to access the necessary care that they need at this critical point in their lives. And it's crazy because no one seems to think it's a big deal because I guess to them, the LGBTQ plus community doesn't make up a significant um, portion of the U.S. population. That's what they said about the African-American community and the, the Hispanic-American community and the Irish-American community. It doesn't matter how big or small of the amount, the population that any particular group covers. Right. All that matters is that that group exists within this country. It can be fucking 5% of the population. That 5% still deserves to have equal rights like exactly. everyone else. Like, I hate when we get to the percentage, because it's like, I don't care how much that, what percentage that group is, big or small, they exist within America, so they deserve to have the rights as every other American. It's just, that's... Like, what's what's hard about that? Like, we... It's, it's because all these bills are being passed, and their reason is because they're indoctrinating children. They're indoctrinating children. They're making songs about how Target needs to be shut down because all the the deprived stuff is indoctrinating children. Meanwhile, it's been several cases of of teachers and 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 priests and random and all these other people and celebrities who have been who are facing charges for touching little kids. Mm-hmm. Not to mention you have these actors and stuff who are, who, are, who are on charges for for raping women and assaulting people. Right. So all of that just gets swept under the rug and the main enemy is the queer community? Right. The queer community who is doing nothing to harm anyone. Literally saw a, a, a thing on Twitter where it was like a, a male teacher was arrested for molesting two female kids. Two students. Mm-hmm. That, that that fucking doctor who was molesting the, the, the gymnast, he wasn't queer. You know what pisses me off about all of this, too, is the fact that people will try and lump those degenerate people with, you know, pedo- pedo- people who are pedophilic with the LGBTQ community and say that everyone's a de- degenerate. You know, you know, a. Uh, 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 I love true crime and I've listened to like a true crime documentary and the prime example of where that narrative comes from is from people like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. People, there are several underage kids who ate, who ranged from fucking 14 to 17. They were underage 
and he was molesting them and manipulating them. And the fact that he tried to throw, he tried to to save face by saying he was gay and he was figuring himself out. Sir, you were 27, 28, and that child was 14 or 15. You being gay has nothing to do with it. You being a pedophile is everything. Him being the pedophile and him being gay are two separate things. Exactly. Because we you have straight pedophiles. Does him be does does, does that straight man who's molesting that little girl? Does, does does are those two things in tandem? No. Him being a pedophile and him being straight has nothing to do with it. Mary Kay Letourneau being a straight cisgender white woman and her getting pregnant by her thirteen year old male student does that all change because she's straight? Right. Is heteronormative? No. She's a pedophile first and her sexuality is not in the conversation. But right. somehow it is when it when it's a queer person, then it is. Then exactly. it's a then it's part of the narrative. And it's like that's not how that works. It's not, pedophiles and and queer people are not in the same category. Don't lump us in together. Because with that same breath you can lump in pedophiles and heterosexual people, cisgender people. It's never the same. They're never. It's given, never. People are never given the same treatment. You know, they that that is often overlooked. You know, they'll just they won't bring in their sexuality. But you know, anytime a gay person just breathes, apparently they're infringing on the rights of straight people, or they're trying to force their beliefs on other people on on straight people. But this this is very disturbing me and i think part of it is disturbing is because they're also creating more trauma for lgbtq youth i feel like we already struggled enough feeling like we were outsiders in a in a cis hetero world growing up and we had very few distractions or places we could go to feel safe you know and now they're trying to prevent students from even having access to that. You know, they're trying to ban certain school activities that might involve queer subject matter. Um, they're forcing teachers to out students to parents. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was not out to my parents when I was a teenager. Only, you know, my closest friends knew. I didn't feel I comfortable didn't... With the teacher. But... Shit, I would have been out by my junior year. The whole school knew I was gay. Well, we like so, we so I would have been out it, and my parent, I didn't, I didn't tell my dad myself until I was a senior in high school. I didn't tell my mom. My mom didn't find out until I was a freshman in college. Like so, I would have been out it way before I was ready. And also, like that's coming out is is emotional is emotionally and physically exhausting and hard and taxing and even just thinking to yourself I'm ready to come out mm-hmm. that's emotional like forget about actually doing it actually working yourself to be like okay I'm finally ready that in itself is an emotional and very tricky time to be in your life and then to have someone take your agency away from you to have someone take that moment from you Right. That can be detrimental. Detrimental. That is, especially if you're not ready to have that conversation. 
Mm-hmm. For me, I was ready to have the conversation with my dad, but I wasn't ready to have it with my mom. Right. And if I would, if I would have been forced to have it before I was mentally ready, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. And, you know, I think people forget that everyone doesn't have supportive family members, right? So like You don't know what's going to happen to that kid. Right. I'm, there. How often do we hear about LGBT youth being kicked out of their family's home? For being killed or being killed. So this is a slippery slope. I don't like that. I'm just, it's just this the sheer amount, you know, it's 500 bills were introduced. Like that is, that is crazy. It is. But- and it's heartbreaking. I, like I thought, I thought when I was in, I feel like every generation has their their fight because mm-hmm. in 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 my gener- in my time of of figuring out my sexuality, you know, it was it was my generation. We weren't there for the AIDS epidemic. We 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 weren't people. Your generation was still dealing with that in the late nineties. We weren't really dealing with that. Like AIDS and HIV was like okay, a thing we knew we had to avoid. But then for me, it was the extreme bullying. Like turning on the news on going on social media, there were count I was seeing story after story of 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 queer kids killing mm-hmm. themselves. Kids who were younger, the kids who were eleven years old when I was I was fifteen, they were eleven, they were killing themselves because they were bullied and ridiculed. That's why we had all these laws put in place because kids were killing themselves because they were getting picked on. But now all that is being backtracked. Yeah. I think when your generation was coming of age during that time period. You mentioned bullying. It was a lot of cyberbullying. And that was different from other forms of bullying because typically with bullying and more traditional forms of bullying, it would be limited to one place. So if you were being bullied at school, that's usually the only place where you were being bullied. But but now you were being bullied at home. Like you, you couldn't you couldn't run away from it. Exactly. I mean, I, I remember seeing, and then hearing about parents who were beat, who beat they kid, their their five year old kid to death because they thought he may be gay, or that kid who was at who was at school who was 12, 13 years old who was shot by his classmate because he expressed to his classmate that he might have feelings for him. Like that's what I was, that's what I was seeing as I was growing up. And that's why a lot of these rules and laws are put in place to prevent things like this. And now we're walking all that back because, because of what? Because some cisgender white people. They hate to see. They hate to see what's not. It, 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 it gives me a lot of like FOMO. It's like, since I'm a part of that group, it shouldn't exist. And only the group that I'm a part of should, should exist. And that's not how America works. That's not how America, that's not, literally goes against why America was founded. That's how America, that is how America works, but that's not how America is supposed to work. It's not supposed to work. America was literally founded by the others. The others founded America. The others fought for America, but now the others are being ostracized and ridiculed by America. Yeah, I feel like minority people built this country and... It's always been, I feel like laws have always been created to serve cis 
hetero white men. They're always the ones who, I mean, look at Congress. The majority of Congress has always historically been white males and they create all of the laws that everyone in this country has to live under. Now, granted, Congress is becoming more and more diverse, but what I want to see is more people becoming informed constituents and showing up to the polls to vote during every election. We need higher voter turnout. We need a more informed constituency. And I think that's the only, honestly, I think that's, that's the only way things are going to things are going to change. People become disillusioned with our country and don't vote. And that in turn creates a cycle because not enough people are voting. Yep. Everyone feels like, well, I don't, it, my vote doesn't count or, you know, but, but these are the same people who are complaining about how f- messed up our country is. Your vote does count. You not voting counts. Right. You not voting is you is you basically voting for like don't don't complain to me and then i i hate i know gay people who have horrible experiences within the gay community i've had horrible experiences within the gay community but i've never had such a horrible experience where i'm just like i want all of our rights to be taken away because we don't deserve it because we do too much i actually have people know people who say this and it makes me so mad i'm like because you had a horrible experience you want all of our rights to be taken away excuse Mm -hmm. me i've like you do know that you will also be hunted down and tarred and feathered once the rights are taken right it's happening anytime again we we, we've already said you know anytime someone who's not a, a straight white man you know loses their rights it's just a matter of time before another group who isn't who doesn't belong to that group to that straight white male group gets their rights taken away and it, we we keep we we keep seeing it we've seen we've seen last year the overturning of Roe v Wade so the rights of women and childbearing people have been and their health care have been pretty much eradicated in many states. Then this year, we saw them overturning or ending affirmative action, the Supreme Court ending affirmative action. What's next? You see all these state legislatures trying to pass bills targeting the LGBTQ plus community. What's next? It's insane. And we definitely going to talk about it way more as things keep popping up. Yeah. You know, we're gearing up for an election year. So we know all stuff is going to keep happening. And with this long season we have ahead of us, we're definitely going to keep this as one of our okay. topics. Yeah. Cause we, yeah. Need to, we need to stay, we need to stay updated on the, on this period. Do you like horror movies, like Halloween and the Blair Witch? Well, if you're like me and you do, you should join me and listen to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, where they discuss and review horror movies and horror movie franchises. If you're not listening to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, you're definitely missing out. But before we close out, we want to close out with a little, a lighter topic. 
you know, we want to talk about how, you know, we talk about music and TV shows on this, this podcast a lot in the past. And we want to talk about how, you know, when rewatching some of the old movies or old TV shows, how, you know, the people that the writers and everyone told us was the villain wasn't actually the villain. Speaking on the topic of, you know, who the real villain is, I my prime example, and so is next, is Good Times, Florida Evans. She was the real villain of the show. She was the villain of the family. She kept the family impoverished. She wouldn't let them elevate themselves. She would... She did everything she can she could to keep JJ and keep James just down. What do you think, Nick? Do you agree? See, I feel like it. I have, and I, I need to keep watching the, the show because I feel like my my opinion might change a le- towards the later seasons, especially the seasons where James isn't on there. But I feel like her actions were she was in the right mindset. Like she was trying to keep the kids from involving themselves in immoral, immoral activities, um, easy, quick money that might not last. I think that that's where her mind was, her mindset was, but the way she went about doing it, it always ended up with them not prospering at all. And I feel like had she just been a bit more flexible, maybe there, there could have been an opportunity for them to, leave the ghetto or at least have a come up I was watching I'm still on I'm still watching the first season and she wouldn't I remember this episode where James wanted to join this minister who was going around the country and he was making bank but Florida was like that's wrong you shouldn't be doing that you're manipulating people and blah 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 and basically just guilted James into taking the moral high ground and not getting involved in that. But I was just like, y'all, it wouldn't have hurt for y'all to do that for a couple months <laughs> and stack up some money. <laughs> Especially because James was having such a difficult time getting a job and, you know, staying employed. Um, There was an episode where Michael was being punished by the school for being socially conscious and Florida was not supportive of him at all. She basically took the side of the school. And even though she was just like, yeah, you can't act like that at school. Um, you have to just go along with what they're telling you. And I'm just like, you have a, t- a, a very intelligent son who is basically t- saying, you know, this is bull crap and we shouldn't be buying into this nonsense. And yet you're telling him he needs to to, to just suck it up and deal with what the school is teaching them or basically indoctrinating them, I should say. So Michael gets suspended and Florida makes him apologize. Like that was wild to me. Marcus. I can't hear you. I was muted. Oh yeah. The cat. She walking on my shit. Hmm. Now, yeah, I, I agree. You know, there was definitely times where she blocked the blessings. And mm-hmm. 
another instance is we, I feel like we talk about this example all the time, but it's so prevalent that like when it comes to soul food, the whole family, including Big Mama, was the villain. Yeah, I see Big Mama as more of the villain now, having thought about it a bit more and seeing and watching the show, the movie again. Big Mama definitely, she she was at the core <laughs> of the family, literally, but also at the crux of a lot of that, sh- a lot of that shit that Terry had to receive, you know, making her feel guilty for having um, failed marriages when the when the real issue. There might have been some. There might have been something that Terry was doing to contribute to that. But the thing is, she was just very ambitious and very focused on her career, and she didn't have a. And partner. there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And she didn't. She couldn't. She did. She couldn't have a partner who. She didn't have a partner who had that same mentality as her. You know, she she was with people who just wanted to do things that were more creative or just not necessarily interested in that. But I don't know. Didn't her first husband cheat on her? No, I mean, no. I mean her, remember her boyfriend left her for her sister. Well, I know that. Yeah, that's that's her, yeah. Her husband cheated on her with cousin Faith. Husband, I thought her first husband cheated on her, and then her second husband cheated on her too. But he also wanted to pursue music. But yeah, oh, and then the fact that cousin Faith, Big Mama let cousin Faith up in her house again after she. What did she? What did they say she did? She, she, she used Big Mama's credit to get a car. And then I think she either totaled the car or something she did with the car, and Big Mama was left with the with paying the bill for mm-hmm. the car, which probably meant Terry had to cover it because Terry was the one with the money. Mm-hmm. And um, then she come back; she she invites her back into their house, and then they make the sisters make Terry keep cousin Faith at her house, and then cousin Faith fucks her husband. Please. Now, what was your last example to, to close us out? Um, oh, you know what? I was recently watching the, uh, I saw a video on YouTube about the Parkers and it made me think about Moesha. Now, I was a fan of Kim's character on Moesha, but I feel like they dumbed her character down a lot for the Parkers. I didn't like that they did that. But if you watch Moesha, you will see how trash of a friend Moesha was to Kim and to Nisi, but especially to Kim. They constantly made jokes about her weight or just came at her for, for being, you know, considered plus size, especially back then. Because I, I guess being, not being really small back then was automatic you're automatically fat, but Kim wasn't, if you, in retrospect, Kim was not fat at all. And a lot of people look like Kim now. So, and they would kill to look like how Kim looked on the show. So to say that she's, she was, she was written as an undesirable or unattractive character was really messed up. And then the fact that Moesha was always, she always had this idea that she was better than everybody all her friends she did that with Hakeem she did that with like, there was an episode the uppity home. yeah there was an episode where I think Hakeem didn't have enough money to go on a trip to Africa so Moesha raised money for him to go to Africa 
And then I think it turned out that she didn't have enough money to go either. So her friends kind of did the same thing for her. They raised money and she didn't want to accept it, accept it because it was charity. And I'm like, now, Hakeem wasn't too good enough, too good for you to, you know, get charity for him. But now all of a sudden you're too good to accept charity. It's the same situation. Like, that was messed up. And then don't get me started with Frank. But I think I think everyone kind of saw Frank for being, you know, a pretty trash dad, even back then, especially after what had happened with uh, what what season was that when Dorian found out that Frank was his father? Spoilers. <laughs> I forget what season it was, but I remember Wasn't that four? It might have been, yeah. And I feel like that changed, that shifted the whole direction of the show. The show to me kind of lost quality after that happened. I didn't like I didn't like that they even made that the storyline. Yeah, that wasn't needed. That that and that also plays in too many stereotypes. And I just didn't it just shouldn't have gone that way, in my opinion. It like Frank was trash, Moesha was trash. Moesha was ungrateful too. Mm-hmm. Cause see, Frank now I I will say Frank was trying to push her to get a Saturn for her first car because he was a Saturn car salesman or whatever. And he probably could have got them a good deal. Now, you would have got a fucking discount. Like, what are you doing? I get that, you know, you want a certain car. But when you're a teenager, you just want a fucking car. You don't usually care. At least I did. I didn't care what type of car it was. I was just, I would have just been happy to have a car. But she was like, no, it has to be this. It has to be that. And she ended up getting this trashy, this Jeep, this broke down Jeep (laughs) that constantly needed repairs, I think. Um, Unreliable. You know, Mm -hmm. come on. And your dad was offering you, I think, a brand new car or was it gently used? It was a reliable car and it was a car. My God, like you are getting a whole car. Most kids don't even get, most teenagers don't even get a car and you're getting one. Like that was so ungrateful in my opinion. Yeah. But you know, fuck it. They were villains. They showed their villainous side. And, yeah. you know, we, we might have more examples to throw in at the, you know, yeah, the I future episode because I feel like there's a lot we can re- we can look back on re- in retrospect, and it doesn't have to necessarily just be TV shows and movies. It could be music. It could be books. It was really popular books, plays, literature. You know, but right. to kick off, I do want to say, but this was a our first time at our new format where we have different segments. You know, we have several small segments, one big topic, and then you know we we lead out with like a little lighthearted topic uh so i hope you guys enjoy this new format i I enjoyed it it also make editing super easy because now i i know where to cut for the for the ad break so it's it, you no know, we're, we're we're switching things up and we're changing things this season you know this is a season of of new for us so i hope you guys enjoyed it yeah there's more to come so stay tuned yes 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 and nick Nick structured this episode uh, this week. You know, this was their idea, so I was like, "No, you have to, you have to go first. So I know what we're going to be doing, and I'm promising right now that next week episode it'll be one that I that I put together. So let's do this. But 
I have something planned. So it might not be in our new format. It may be a an interview. So you just have to wait and see. Mm. But thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. This is another episode of Letters 2.